Welcome. You've tuned into Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Ever been in a crisis of some sort? Of course you have. We've all experienced some kind of crisis in our lives. So today we're going to look at identity, midlife, and other crises and ask the question, are they all part of our soul's growth? That should be interesting. First, let's see what the dictionary has to say about the word crisis. Here are the entries for crisis in the American Heritage Dictionary. Entry number one, a crucial or decisive point or situation, especially a difficult or unstable situation involving an impending change. Number two, a sudden change in the course of a disease or fever toward either improvement or deterioration. Number three, an emotionally stressful event or traumatic change in a person's life. Number four, a point in a story or drama when a conflict reaches its highest tension and must be resolved. As a story writer, I know this one well. Many of us may think of a crisis as a definite turning point, a crossroads, at which we have to make a big or difficult decision. It often feels like it's a point of no return. Yes, it can definitely be an emotionally stressful event when we are the ones experiencing it. Societies even labeled some of the more common ones that so many people might experience, such as identity crisis, midlife crisis, crisis of faith, and such. How about um, uh, old age crisis? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, plus there's a lot of information available about various types of crisis management. But on our show today, we're interested in exploring what we experience as a crisis from the soul's perspective. It seems what we might call a crisis always involves some kind of change. We might be realizing that something's got to change or else things will get worse. Or we may have unexpectedly just gone through a sudden major change in our lives and not quite knowing what to do next. The term crisis seems to come into play whenever we don't know what to do next or how to manage what is happening in our lives. A good example may be what's been called a midlife crisis. The term was coined most likely from what seemed to be a common experience for many people in the 44 to 64 years of age range. It's a type of identity crisis where the individual lived as a certain person 
for a good number of years as a younger adult, and then conditions of his or her life change significantly, and the person just doesn't feel he or she is the same person anymore, yet doesn't know who the new he or she is. The joke has been that the stereotypical man in midlife crisis dumps his wife and finds a younger woman, buys a new Porsche, convertible, no less, and takes a bungee jumping or something like that. The idea that this kind of identity crisis happens in people's middle age range, since that's often when they begin to look at the effects of their aging, mortality, and life accomplishments. I'm so glad I'm done with that. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's funny. (laughs) However, more recently, there's been research that shows that midlife crises are rare, especially amongst, believe it or not, the Japanese and the Indian cultures. It may be more common to the Western cultures that tend to worship youth and worldly accomplishments and recognition slash fame. The more general identity crisis experience is what all of us go through sooner or later, even multiple times in a lifetime. We each change what we identify with as who we are many times in our lives. In fact, we're changing our identity identity all of the time. Yet, most of these times, the shift is so subtle that we may not notice that we're not quite who we were even just a little while ago. Of course, that's obvious as it's happening continuously while we are growing up. Who we were as an infant is certainly dramatically different from who we are as a teenager or who we are as an older adult. In a sense, during our growing up years, we may be in multiple identity crises almost without pause. In fact, one of the life challenges that almost every teenager and young adult struggles with is answering the question, who am I and what am I here to do? Oh, okay. (laughs) So I'm past the middle age crisis, but now I'm back to the Teenager and young adult crises. <laughs> Maybe that's what the middle life crisis is. I'd rather be a teenager again. Yeah. Put loose and fancy free and hey, making dumb happened? mistakes, right? Yes. Oh, no, I've always wanted to be old and decrepit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually true. Why don't you talk about yes. that? Yes. Even from the time I was a little kid, I remember telling my mom, you know, I can't wait to be an old man. And she'd ask me, why do you want to be an old man? And I said, well, because I know that until I'm an older person, nobody's going to listen to me anyway. (laughs) It's actually quite true. Uh, (laughs) And (laughs) now that I am an old man, (laughs) what am I here to do? (laughs) Identity crisis (laughs) is actually essential to your spiritual growth. It doesn't have to be traumatic or emotionally stressful, but often it is to the extent that we're attached to our past identification with who we were. The basis of our spiritual growth is discovering who we really are underneath and beyond all of who, 
what and how we believe we had to be in order to survive, to be safe and secure, have approval, and have some sense of control over our lives. When we as souls embark upon our inward journey of discovery and awakening that we call our spiritual growth, we begin our process of letting go of our past identifications with various images that we thought we had to become. So step by step, we're being asked to examine who we have become and whether that is truly who we are as a spiritual being. More often than not, once souls are well into their adulthood in any given incarnation, they become more possessive of their developed identities and all that's associated with them, such as wealth, success. Or lack thereof. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, popularity, respect, and all kinds of stuff. Just like, you know, when we get older, we tend to have more and more stuff in our house (laughs) that we find out when we are about to move. Oh, my goodness. What are we going to do with all this junk? And that's kind of like spiritual growth, except not on a physical level so much as house cleaning on a spiritual level. What have we become? It's a little bit like an older person getting locked into his or her routines and comfort zone and not wanting to move on from them. The more that is for the soul, the more of a crisis it becomes when the change becomes inevitable. It's like all of a sudden you weren't planning to make a big house move, but you have to because of some situation. And then you're going, oh my God, look at all this all this junk we have, and what are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about that? We have to take a look and decide, are we going to lug all this stuff around for the rest of our lives? Or, like we did in our last big move, okay, let's give away anything we don't really need. We're not using. We haven't used in a while. It's still good. Let's give it away. And A major part of our spiritual growth is simply who we've become into being who we are. A person who is having a midlife crisis may be having a difficult time letting go of having been a young, healthy, athletic, golden child in the chosen field of endeavor as he or she grows older with some health challenges and is no longer the up-and-coming hopeful in his or her career path. Or, let's say, parents who have invested so much in being good parents to their children to the exclusion of developing the other aspects of who they are may have an intensely emotional crisis as their children become self-sufficient and independent adults living on their own in the world. And especially if they move away somewhere and they don't get to see them too often. Huh, who are they going to be? But for us as souls incarnating here on earth, these life and identity changes are meant to remind us that we are spirit and not beholden to our bodily conditions, age, abilities, or even vitality. And 
even uh, accomplishments in this world. Spirit is eternal and limitless. And therefore, we are always as we are. The changing conditions of worldly existence cannot affect us unless we believe that we are of this world and beholden to these conditions. As we progress on our spiritual path of awakening, we become increasingly aware that we are not the body and we are not subservient to the conditions of this world. As we become aware, the regular changes in our identity and everything related to it become easier to relate to and we move through the changes with increasing grace. As we learn to become less conditional in living our life here on earth, we realize more of who we truly are as spirit. We have fewer ego temper tantrums. (laughs) (laughs) When the conditions of our existence change dramatically and we roll along more gracefully with the punches. In this way, we also begin to understand the true meaning of having free will rather than believing that free will is a license to be however we feel like being and do whatever we feel like doing. More and more we begin to realize that true will is being able to live without placing our own personal demands, judgments, and conditions on life itself. To me, crisis is also a time when we need to not only think, but also create outside the box of routine, habit, or tradition. So every crisis is an opportunity given to us to reach into our inner spirit creativity and create something new as a solution or next step. That also requires us to communicate, communicate with our inner self, with spirit, and with each other. We cannot face a crisis or create outside the box without communication and a community, small or large, because spirit creativity comes from the whole rather than from an individual in isolation. Whenever I find myself facing some sort of crisis, I talk to my inner self about it as I ground myself and find my own space to be. Then I turn to the limitless or spirit, or all-knowing, however you like to think of God, and have a conversation. Once I have the ball rolling within myself, I usually communicate with Raphael. From there, we can go anywhere. Raphael, as the CEO and business manager of our businesses and the go-to counseling person for our students and clients, she's often putting out fires and minor and major crises of all kinds. So, Raphael, would you give a couple of examples of dealing with a crisis of some sort, whether it was yours or someone else's, and what you went through to help bring about a positive resolution? And maybe give some pointers on dealing with a crisis. 
I would be very happy to do that, Michael, but we are right at our first break, believe it or not, already. (laughs) So I will start to answer that in the second part. Our first break is coming up, though, and it's time to mark your calendars. We're going to go to Longmont, Colorado, to offer our first seminar weekend of the year 2020 on Saturday, January 18th and Sunday, January 19th. Michael will teach an all-day seminar each day from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Residence in Boulder, Longmont in Colorado. If you'd like to wake up more to who you really are, develop your intuition and psychic abilities, and fulfill your purpose, these seminars will definitely help you. Find out all the details and sign up on our website events calendar section at michaeltamora.com or call our office and speak with our wonderful assistant, Noelle, uh, Monday to Friday, business hours Pacific time at 530-926-2650. We'll return in a couple of minutes and we'll talk more about identity, midlife, and other crises. Part of our soul growth. See you in a few minutes. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Tune in for 5 Blossom Radio. Each week, host Denise Richard will discuss common interests in the fields of art, health, and spirituality. The series is arranged into three parts, focusing on five Blossom Gatherings, the Four Voices Program, and Fires of Compassion. Every program is available on demand, so if you miss any part of the series live, be sure to catch up. Five Blossom Radio can be heard live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hear, just be you, a lot these days. But who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show, hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. Let's get back to identity, midlife, and other crises. Part of our soul growth? That's a question. Part of our soul growth? Yes, just before the break, Michael was asking me as the business manager of our business and go-to counseling person for our students and clients, um, how 
I deal with crises of various kinds, uh, whether it's mine or someone else's. And yes, <laughs> how I deal with crises is I say, oh, go see Raphael. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's actually true in a lot of cases, but <clears throat> that's my job. I'm well aware that a crisis is a part of a person's soul, pa- soul path and lesson plan. My perspective on what is going on in their lives, first and foremost, must be non-judgmental and to guide them to look at how they themselves created a situation and what it will take for them to solve it or at least heal or show them or light the way to their own inner healing, including how it is possible to come to peace with any given situation or experience. That's a handful of things, and especially saying, how did you create this? Because things come seemingly from the outside oftentimes. And so for the 38 years, I've been giving readings over and over and over again about the same general seven questions most people ask about, and some of them are unusual situations. But what I have learned in giving readings and psychic readings, that's what I do. I've done it ever since 1982 when I started learning and graduating in 85 and just reading my little heart out in between everything else I do. And what I've learned is there is a bigger picture to everything. Everything we experience comes back to us, whether we whether we created it or whether it came from somewhere else. I teach people to look at how either it was created by themselves or imposed on them by someone else. You have to look at that first. I try to point the way in each instance to a necessary step. This is the most difficult step for some. The step is called forgiveness in order to move forward with what to do about something. Not saying, I forgive you to a person or yourself, that doesn't really do it. But simply letting the situation go out of your space so that you can look at it sort of like an outsider. If you are a more highly evolved soul, you know or are learning that this world is an illusion, as the masters of old have always said all along. Throwing an emotional temper tantrum, as Michael was talking about, when things don't go your way, will not advance your soul. It takes time and commitment to train yourself not to react like this, but it can be done. And by the way, if you do react like that, just give yourself a little time to get through the tantrum so you can go back to looking at it from a better perspective. Every person on earth is challenged in this way day in and day out. Do I think this is real or not? If it is real, then your tantrum is justified. If it is not real, that means you have other options on how to handle things, including not having a temper tantrum. I want to give a couple of examples. One was um, an example I've actually used before in other shows, but this really uh, brings home how this works um, that I'm talking about. Michael and I were traveling for 17 days all over California. We gave a weekend, a two-day weekend. We had our uh, bookstore packed up in the back of our uh, SUV, 
in boxes. It was also Valentine's Day, so he had given me some gifts. And we had all our clothes and things, practically our entire closet, because it was 17 days of travel. And we went to a a writer's conference in San Diego. And on, on our very last day coming home, I couldn't drive far enough, so I had to pull over to... Uh, a hotel for us for the night, and we selected a hotel that had a security guard in the parking lot since we had so much stuff in the car. Well, the oddest thing happened in the middle of the night. Oh, before we I go to a sleeping, the other thing that happened was Michael pulled out my computer, handed it to me. It was a computer bag and said, let's take this. And I said, we are going to be sleeping for four hours and going on our way, so leave it in the car. And there's a guard in the parking lot. So we parked the car, went to bed, and a couple hours later I woke up, and um, in Michael's aura, I actually heard the tinkling of glass. It was the strangest thing. It wasn't like a crash and a tinkle, but it was just that tinkling of glass sound. And I have to say, our hotel room was as far away from our car. It was like a quarter of a mile away, so it wasn't hearing that on some visceral level. It was actually hearing the energy of it. So the next morning at 6 o'clock in the morning, we get a phone call saying, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Tamura, your car has been broken into, and uh, you should come down and take a look. So I decided, all right, well, this is upsetting. Who knows how much got stolen out of our car So Michael went down to take care of it, and I sat down for about 15 minutes and just decided to do my forgiveness work first, my inner forgiveness work, forgiving the person that did this, forgiving the reason why it happened, and forgiving any other results that may come from this happening, say, for instance, losing all our stuff. So meanwhile, Michael's walking down to the car, and he finds out that Um, somebody very close to us has died. So there's all this kind of dramatic energy and and negativity uh, and and, uh, not happy things going on. So when we went downstairs, we found out from the hotel that actually the security guard doesn't really do anything. In fact, when I asked about it, they said, well, the security guard saw someone buy your car, and when they checked an hour later, your car had been broken into (laughs) And I said, why didn't they call the sheriff when somebody was messing with our car? And they said, well, we don't do the sheriff, and the sheriff wouldn't come anyway for something so trivial. And so it was almost amusing since I had already done my forgiveness work, even though I still hadn't seen what kind of a mess it was. Well, they broke into one window and took all of our clothes, our our entire Middle seat was completely cleaned out, and my computer, of course, which had my book half written in it and not backed up. And they took a few things from the back. And but I suppose their car was so small they couldn't fit all the stuff <laughs> that we had in our big SUV. But what happened was uh, the hotel, of course, wanted to get rid of us because we were a problem. And the wind was blowing about 60 miles an hour that day, so covering the broken window was difficult. But after we left the hotel, we were able to find a place to fix my window in the next hour. And we went to the sheriff's department, and they kind of shrugged their shoulders and said, "Mm, uh, it's not anything so important that we're going to do anything about. And I said, yeah, but there's blood. You know, they left blood behind. Somebody cut their hand on my window. 
And so, don't you want blood evidence? I guess I watched too many cop shows. And she said no. So that was that. And that night, anything else I felt like I was upset about losing, I just forgave all over again. And with the other thing that happened was before this whole thing went on, we had gotten a call from our insurance company saying, we're going to change your coverage on this part of your insurance because they haven't been paying. So that just happened three weeks earlier. And so we called the insurance company, and sure enough, the new company paid immediately. So it was a, it was a non-issue. And I think because we did our spiritual work that and didn't let ourselves get terribly upset about it, that it was it wasn't that bad. So things that come your way, sometimes you're the you play the part of a victim, you can still forgive that. This is for the more advanced soul. If you're not ready to forgive it, you need to just work through your own anger or whatnot and uh, get on with your life one way or the other. Yes. You know, crises. Um, Hey, there's been so many crises in my life uh, or something you can most people would call crises. (laughs) But it's. The common denominator of every crisis, I've been kind of reviewing all the different crises in my life and other people's lives, and the common denominator is, number one, it kind of stops you dead in your tracks, and, well, in my case, having died, <laughs> I guess it... It was literal. <laughs> literal, yeah. But it, it stops you to assess What's really important in your life? What's important to you? You know, Raphael's talking about this great example of having a car load. Basically, we had pretty much every stitch of our clothing, especially our formals and dressy dressy stuff, was stolen. So there goes that. But, hey, clothing can be replaced. And when you don't resist... When you, when you can forgive, when you can let things go by and go, okay, what's really important? Because what's already happened? The, the robbery has already happened. The stuff has already been stolen. The, and just like, you know, the police are so busy with so many uh, much more, you know, murders and, and heavy-duty stuff that they can't be bothered with a car broken into and, and a bunch of stuff stolen even if it means a lot to you. So we're going, okay, that's that. We got our thing fixed and got our insurance. Boom, they paid right away. The only thing that was kind of mm, irreplaceable was Raphael's, not the computer, but what was in it. She had half her book written. And that's that's a tough thing for any writer to go through. <laughs> but actually it turned out to be advantageous. Yes, yeah. Everything, when you don't get stuck on the past, what's already happened, and you immediately look at, okay, what's my next step? When uh, the part Raphael was talking about, when I was going down there to check up on, okay, how bad is the situation and everything, I'm doing the same thing she was, just on the, on the fly. And by the time I got out of the lobby of the hotel and I'm walking in the parking lot toward the car, I'm, I'm good. I'm okay with it. It's it's just like whatever they stole, it's it's already gone. Let it go. And 
I'm looking at what to create next. And just then I get a text saying that uh, a person close to important to us uh, just died, you know, uh, an hour ago or something like that. And so that was such a great message. I look at it and I go, yeah, this right, right here shows you what's more important, you know, about this person's whole life coming to an end here in this incarnation or getting a bunch of stuff stolen. You know, getting stuff stolen, nothing compared. And so I start to pay my respects to this person's passing and everything and had my awareness there by the time I reached the car. So when you don't get hung up on what's already happened and change your, you know, you might have a reaction at first. Most everybody does. Reactions can't be helped because that's a reaction. It just push the button and the machine goes on and you have a certain kind of reaction. But you don't have to become it. You don't have to put fuel to the fire. And if you can let it go and just see it for what it is, then you're able to dig deep inside of yourself. After all, you're a spiritual being. We all are. And what's one thing that's true about spirit? It's creative all the time, 24-7. There's never a time when spirit, you, spiritual being, is not creative. So you're not beholden to, okay, this is the way things have been being done for the last 5,000 years. No. It's time to create something new. And whenever there's a crisis, it's an opportunity. Every crisis is an opportunity to create something new. And crisis is a crisis because it's challenging. Crisis is a crisis because often, most of the time, it's not pleasant. It's not a fun thing. (laughs) We don't go into a crisis for entertainment's sake, right? Or vacation. No. Crisis makes you look at tough questions and situations and things that require some sort of change And the best thing for change is, oh, let's create something different than what we've been living as, how we've been living. And that opens up a whole new territory. It's like for an author, it's like, okay, you're done with the other chapter. Now you get to start writing a brand new chapter in your book. That's very exciting, right? It's hard, but it's exciting. As a matter of fact, I ended up writing the book completely differently, and I love it much better. Well, our second break is coming right up, and we've noticed that a lot, a lot of new listeners are tuning into our show, so we welcome you with our hearts. And if you haven't already seen Michael, James Van, James Van Prague, Carolyn Meese, Dean Radin, Dr. Norm Sheely, the Prince of Bhutan, and 20 other scientific, religious, and spiritual luminaries in the field of intuition in the remarkable documentary feature film titled PGS, Intuition is Your Personal Guidance System, by multiple award-winning director Bill Bennett, you can click on to P, as in Paul, G-S, the movie, pgsthemovie.com, and found out, find out everything about it. 
You can not only watch a great trailer for the movie, but also rent or purchase the film right there on the website. Everywhere the film was screened in theaters already, the audience gave it high praise and an enthusiastic thumbs up as an illuminating, validating, and profoundly transformative movie. Now you can watch it online in the comfort of your own home. Enjoy. When we return, we'll continue our exploration of identity, midlife, and other crises. Part of our soul growth. See you in a couple minutes. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. Learn to see things from a spiritual perspective. It changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1 888 346 9141. Again, that's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Great to have you back. We're exploring the topic of identity, midlife, and other crises. Are they all part of our soul growth? And the answer is yes. And how do we deal with these crises? Well, I used an example of a crisis we went through, uh, Michael and I, together in the uh, earlier portion of this show. I'd like to give another one which in which I had a very different reaction to. As a business person, um, Sometimes we get so involved in the world, we forget that it's an illusion 
And I always have to remind myself after going through some of these situations. And several of these have happened over the course of our, uh, Michael and I, running our business, our seminar business, our reading business, everything that we do. And we have employees. We have a whole system going on. And um, what happened was, is we came upon January one year, and we got the bomb dropped onto us about um, a particular president, not the one that's now in office, but it happened in 2012. So if you know who was in at the time, that's who did it. Changed a tax law that affected only small business people, of which we are one. And it affected us so intensely, it was going to break our bank. It, it was a... <clears throat> It was an old law that came through from from the 1960s that didn't account for economic changes or anything like that. And it it really put a lot of small businesses out of business. And it was one of those crises. It was kind of a silent crisis because the papers were dead quiet about it, the newspapers and news. But people we know knew all around us were losing their businesses because of this. And we were hit very, very hard. And when I got the news about it, uh, it was one fine afternoon in January, and we had a guest in the house, and I was told in front of the guest, and because I'm the one that takes care of basically the financial end of our business, I burst into tears right in front of a guest. And keep in mind, I'm a, I'm a woman who grew up with a house full of boys. I do have sisters too, but... Uh, crying was not a thing or is not a thing that I normally do or am comfortable with, and nor am I comfortable with it in front of another person. But I burst into tears, and, and I ran out of the room because I was embarrassed. I burst into tears. And I had a typical emotional reaction, or what I uh, labeled earlier a, te- uh, a temper tantrum. But it wasn't, you know, like a child pounding my hands and feet on the ground. I was I was taken by surprise, and this is what what the, uh, let's say, the ego likes to do. It likes negative surprises. It likes a, us to get all upset about everything and forget that we're spirit. So once I went into the other room, I, went, I used the tools to find my space. I grounded myself. I brought my energy back. And, of course, my whole space was roiling with what are we going to do? Where's the money going to come from? We're going to go broke. We're going to have to sell our house. We're going to have to close our office all these things going through my mind. And so slowly, using the tools that we've talked about over the course of all the radio shows here, I would imagine a rose, and I put each one of those things in a rose and explode it and just de-energize all, each one of those pictures and thoughts as they came up. And I was finally able to find much more of my space and my neutrality about it. And after our guest left, and it was funny because the, to complicate things, I could tell that our guest, who was one of our students, was judging me pretty strongly for crying because she had never seen me react to anything or lose my space to anything before I was her teacher. And so I had to also get neutral to that and just let her have her judgments. And after she left, Michael and I sat down, and the first thing we did was we regathered our space, we brought it back to spirit and energy and took it from there and were able to create something that was not only able to finance what we owed the government, uh, this enormous amount of money that we owed the government because this law was passed, but we were able to come up with a way to um, 
cover the quarterlies that were now quadrupled at that time, um, which was very difficult. A lot of people weren't able to do it, and that's why they stopped their businesses or lowered their uh, work in their businesses so their incomes wouldn't be so heavily taxed. So I had to forgive a lot of things, including the government, including that particular president, including that old law that came up from the 1960s, and all kinds of things. But whenever I felt myself getting upset about it afterwards, I would also sit down and forgive that. And to me, that was the miracle, the miracle that I could live through something like that and thrive. Uh, We were able to create everything we needed. It was a little tough that year, and we had to tighten our belts a little, but we found a way through it. Yeah, well, that wasn't my first rodeo. (laughs) (laughs) So so I was already kind of laughing, and, and, uh, you know, again, it's it's a loss, uh, a pretty big loss, but but it's just money. And I know that we weren't going to starve to death. I knew, uh, I've always known from the time I was a little child, I'll always have a roof over my head, even if it wasn't mine. (laughs) 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 I knew I I would be able to couch surf, even if uh, couch surfing wasn't invented yet at that time. (laughs) But, you know, this is one thing I've always known. Completely, intuitively, with total certainty, spirit always takes care of you, everyone, if you let spirit. So what Raphael was saying about the crisis in general was absolutely true. Crisis is not only the time where it makes you reach into your deeper spirit level of creativity to create something new and to look forward at What's your next step instead of getting stuck on what's already happened? But it's it's definitely a crossroads to remind you your spirit and all that comes with being spirit. And, of course, this is the basis of our radio show, Living the Miracle. Ah, we've been doing this for so long of, okay, when push comes to shove, when there's a crisis, live the miracle. Remind yourself your spirit. And like Raphael said, some of the psychic tools that we teach all the time, grounding. That's the first thing I ever do. Whether it's a physical crisis of, boy, I'm looking at that, you know, car heading right toward me or a bank robber with a gun right in my face or whatever physical situation or an emotional upset or financial or whatever the case might be. First thing. Oh, yeah. Okay, ground myself, pull my aura in, find the center of my head, find my space, and let go of everything, let everything, let go of everything means let it just be for the, it's, it's already happening, or already happened, so there's no sense in kicking and screaming about it, just let it be what it is. So then, you will be able to triage the situation a lot better, you'll be able to look at it in more neutrality and go, okay, yep, that's already happened. What's important is what do I do next? What can I create? And to create, I have to imagine something new. And so there's been so many times. I remember one time we were all packed. Raphael's already on her way to the airport. We're going to meet at the airport or something. 
And we were going to go to Hawaii for two weeks for an events trip, followed by a few days of uh, vacation. And everything's on the way. I'm on my way to the car, and I crossed the office in our house at that time, and our assistant at the time at the time looks at us looks at me and smiles a beautiful smile and she says oh by the way before you live leave i i have something to tell you and i said oh okay be quick because i i I gotta get get going and she says yeah well i got offered this uh better job in southern california (laughs) but since you're gonna be on a vacation for the next two weeks uh, I'll offer to stick around until you come back. <laughs> I just had to start laughing. I'm going, okay, fine time to... Uh, you must have known <laughs> that you've taken this other job more than a few minutes ago, right? But she waits until the very last minute because she didn't want to have to deal with it. And so I'm looking at the whole thing. I All I could do is laugh. And I said, you know... Okay, so you'll be here for two weeks. Great. See you when we get back. And and uh, uh, the other part of it is I take three more steps and we get a call. I get a call from the accountants. And it's the same kind of deal as what Raphael's talking about. This is many years before that. And our accountant calls and says, Oh, uh, we really dropped the ball. <laughs> And I'm going, oh, thanks. What a fine time to tell me. And that was really big, big, big uh, loss on our part financially because our accountants had had dropped the ball. And so we're stuck with this big financial load and having no assistant. until you know, the, the day we get back, we will have no more assistant. Here, we have to spend the the vacation time we have during the two weeks solving solving all the problems of <laughs> creating something new. So by the time we got back, we we would know what to do in terms of the financial situation, in terms of our office situation, and everything. <laughs> so this is this is crises, you know, where okay, you got to remind yourself first and foremost your spirit, because without that. You're going to go right into trying to solve the problem, the old-fashioned intellectual way of, okay, figuring everything out and all that. And, yes, many people do that. But what I've learned long time ago is the minute you remind yourself, guess what? If you're getting upset, you have to remind yourself, wait a minute, I'm spirit. Oh, yeah, I'm creative. Yes. And... I could intuitively know what's a good next step in this situation for me. It might not work for somebody else, but I'm not asking for somebody else in this situation because I'm the one involved. So I always ask, okay, what's my next step? I'm not trying to figure it out. I'm, I'd rather know the answer, see it, and start creating, following through. With that, so, so uh, because in those situations, I don't have the time, the luxury of sitting around with paper and pencil and and you know figuring out and numbers and this and that and the other thing. No, I got to get it created. 
and start living it. So things will start to move in a new direction on a new energy level. And that's the other thing. Choice. First part of every choice, especially the more important the choice is, is the energy. you got to set the energy. So the way you make your choice, if you're, if you're feeling sorry for yourself, which we all do, our reaction to uh, difficulty and hardship, first and foremost is almost always, poor me. This is happening to me. Why is it happening to me? <laughs> what did I do to deserve this, right? That's, that's feeling sorry for ourselves. You got to let that go. Put that in a rose. Boom. Hey, do I have to feel sorry for myself? No, I'm not some limited, you know, island, isolated from everything. I got all the help I need. I'm spirit. And I have creativity. Come up with something. Okay, something new, something I haven't thought of before. All right, show me. And I'm really like Michelangelo saying to that, to God, show me what this marble, big uh, thing of marble is supposed to be. And so he's not going, I'm going to make it into David. He's going, God, show me what it's, this is supposed to be. And that's what I do. I look at the empty canvas and I go, God, Spirit, show me what's my next step in all of this for me to be able to go in a direction that's going to bring about much more benefit, you know, wholeness, healing, happiness, whatever, and benefit to people involved. And all of a sudden, boom, I get, all right, make a call, phone call this person, talk it over with Raphael and what the first steps you can you can actually manage, whatever the case might be. Put the word out, whatever, and all of a sudden the ball gets rolling, the creative process gets going, and I never know what it's going to look like. I'm just taking one step after the other and always, hey, today I'm here to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the other thing is not to cry over spilled milk. I love that old expression from the 1950s. Don't obsess about whose fault it is and, and all that, unless that's part of your path to sue someone or whatnot. Uh, put your attention forward into your creativity, and you will find every crisis has a solution. Well, we're coming to the end of our show. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed it and gained some new insights and tools Be sure to join us next Wednesday for our show titled, Souls Don't Grow Older, Just Wiser. We'll explore how the passage of time and aging is just about the body, but for the soul, life here is all about getting wiser. Make sure to check out our website events calendar listings for the upcoming new year to see what kinds of seminars, teleclasses, and retreat we've got lined up for you. You can sign up for them by calling our office at 530-926-2650. And by the way, when Michael was talking about that assistant, it wasn't Noel who is now working for us. Hope to see you soon. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We'll see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. 
Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.